Another good day to you. Welcome. It's Take Two with Jerry and Debbie and you getting underway here on EWTN Radio. Along with Debbie Giorgiani and the show team, I am Jerry Usher. The show team would be our producer, Ace McKay. Jeff Burson is watching the chats on social media, YouTube and Facebook, the uh, video streams. And Matt Gabensky is our call screener, Debbie. And we are underway for... um, a topic we've covered before, a lot mm-hmm. of activity on the phones, and we expect mm-hmm. it to be another impactful show today. Absolutely, Jerry. So we're going to ask our, our listeners of the Take Two family to please call in when we ask this question. When have you been in despair or almost falling into despair? Now, we know that the demons want us to get there. They want us to go um, into a, a deep, deep way of despair because then they have won. Okay, they've got us there. They've got us down doubting God, thinking God's far away. We don't have anybody there for us. Nobody's helping us from heaven. And despair is one of those lonely, dark places that we can easily fall into because the world actually pushes us towards that. So let's talk about it today. Let's really have this real uh, raw discussion, an honest discussion about this. And Jerry and I will share from our own personal journeys. But we want to ask you the question, when have you been in despair? Or maybe you, you kind of dipped into it and then you got you, you woke yourself up and said, no, I can't go there. That's not where, where God wants me to be. Let's talk about it uh, today because we could really help other souls with this conversation. So you do not have to be Catholic to call in. We have new listeners each and every time we do these these wonderful live broadcasts. So please call Matt Gabinsky and share. If you don't want to give your first name for, for uh, you want to keep your privacy, just uh, maybe pick your confirmation name or a name that you always wished your parents had given you when you were born. Okay, the number to dial is 833-288-3986. Yeah, the question, when have you been in despair? Maybe you're there right now, or you feel like you're kind of teetering on the brink. Uh, despair comes in a lot of different flavors, actually a lot of different um, things that uh, accompany it, if you will. There, there can be just uh, obviously the, the mental duress that we we get under. There could be you know physical manifestations, you know that can manifest itself physically and in terms of stress and despair and so forth. So we're asking you today, if you have been in a dark place at some point in your life, um, share that if you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you. We know it's a very a deeply personal thing. Debbie and I both have been down that road. We have oh, yes. had a very we we've uh, we've drank from that chalice if. If we can put it that way. And, uh, you know, God somehow has been there for us and sustained us. So maybe you want to just share about how, you know, you've been in a, a, a place of, you know, just depression or despair. And you just felt like, you know, you couldn't go on another day. There was no use in going on another day. But God somehow gave you the grace to take that next step forward. And here you are today. Maybe you're in a fantastic place right now. And you had gone through that dark period. And please share that because we want to give hope to people today. This is this show, a topic like this is not about dwelling on the negative or the darkness. It's about looking forward to light and hope and peace and joy again in our lives. So give us a call. Share your personal lived experience. This is what drives this program every day. 833-288-EWTN. 833-288-3986. Phone lines are lighting up so you can share in this. When have you been in despair? And you know, Jerry, it's interesting when you were talking about um, our our life experience uh, of this. I I 
used to have, I used to kind of be ashamed of, of talking about it. I'm not anymore because I realized that, you know, we have to be honest with each other. It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you, when you get married, you're always, you're always talking about all the good things, right. Of, of everything that's happening in your life. And nobody ever really wants to talk about what it's really like to get through a day or to raise kids or to do this or have a family. You know, we have to really uh, be honest with each other. And I went to those really deep, dark places, um, a few times in my life. And it's scary. It's very scary. I mean, I, I well up in tears every time I think about it. I, I, I can't even, I don't even recognize myself. Um, uh, I don't even, when I think about that person I was back then, I'm like, wow, you were so different. And I don't know if you feel that way, Jerry, if you, when you look back on the times that you hit those low moments, it's, it's like you were a different person, right? Well, yeah, and you have that thought like, wait a minute, this can't be happening to me. This happens to other people. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's like all kinds of different uh, types of suffering. It's like other people go through that. I don't, you know, and then it, it happens to you and, and, and being in that dark place, it's kind of like, you know, you don't see colors really, you know, everything looks kind of, you know, gray. Bleak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bleak. And, uh, you know, you just... You pull the 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 comfort uh, the blanket over your head in the morning when the crack of dawn. Just don't want to get up, don't want to you know maybe go to work. Even doing simple things, you know, shaving, brushing your teeth, showering, these simple things. What what they they point to a future. You do those things because you're going to go on from there. There's a future that's, right. that's implicit in the some so many of the basic tasks that we do during the day, and so they become really just drudgery, if you will, mm-hmm. you know. But Thanks be to God, you know, um, I, I think I can speak for you, Debbie. I know I can. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of us, having gone through this, are, are in a, I'm, I'm, we're in a good place now. I feel like I'm in a good place. Me too. Thanks be to God. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you, have to, you have to believe that, you know, the, the, the enemy is always there, you know, and always looking for opportunities maybe to sort of try and steer us back into that, that dark place. So we got mm-hmm. to be prayerful, graced up, if you will, got to have grace in our lives. and. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, well, that's one of the reasons that we started and prayed about the, our Stand Tall Outreach Ministry, and, and you can always reach us at StandTallToday.com. We're adding new coaches um, at the beginning of next year as well, so the the uh, the coaching uh, panel is growing, which is fantastic. But that's one of the reasons why we started that outreach ministry is because we wanted to give folks resources and help and walk with them, and um, and really you know, share in their experience and say, Hey, we've been there. We've, we've, we, uh, know, uh, the other side of that, how to come out of it, how to, how to baby step your way out of it. Jerry and I always joke about one of our favorite movies is what about Bob and, uh, with, uh, with Bill Murray. And it's interesting because in that they talk about therapy and baby stepping it and, and moving, just keep doing the next right thing. It's very important. And, um, and you know, when you've lived it, uh, you can actually speak about it, I think. Sometimes I, I think people that haven't gone through it, they can't understand it. Right, Jerry? Right. Well, we know even the greatest of saints, like Mother Teresa, went through right. decades of darkness. Um, don't know if it was despair on her part, but it was certainly a dark few uh, decades that she went through. So this is something that's uh, really going a lot. It's, it's much more prevalent than we think. So call with your experience of depression, darkness, despair, and maybe how you came out of that. We're coming up 
upon the holidays and a lot of time uh, a lot of times the depression rises and things like that because we're missing our family a loss suffering uh, change of, of, of life and circumstances with our work all sorts of things that can add to that and so we're at we're asking the question today when have you been in despair or almost falling into despair we want to hear from you or maybe you're a therapist or a counselor and um, you can weigh in and, and and talk about some of the the tools and tips that we can all start practicing right now to help us uh, sustain a better quality of life 833-288-3986 and Jerry I know we're going to go to the phones before we do, I just wanted to say to folks, uh, if you ever thought about and prayed about starting a Catholic radio station, that is correct. There are pockets around the U.S. that do not have Catholic radio. So if you want to start a Catholic radio station and you prayed about it, just contact. Uh, you can find out how you can help start a Catholic radio station where you live, powered by the truth of the church and EWTN's dynamic radio programming. All you have to do is contact Steve at this address, radio at EWTN.com. Okay. We want to hear from you if you'd like to share. Uh, We know it's, again, a personal, kind of a deep topic, but you are the ones who bless, inspire, edify through this program. So if you're feeling so prompted by the Lord and the Holy Spirit to share your experience of having been in despair, maybe you are close to that right now, just going through a depression, darkness. I'd love to hear how the Lord is sustaining you or got you out of it to a really maybe a beautifully joyful place right now. 833-288-3986. We will start with Catherine in South Carolina, first-time caller to the program joining us today. Hello, Catherine. Thank you for calling. Oh, hi. Um, yeah, it's an interesting topic to talk about. But um, mm-hmm. back a few years ago, I was, I was 26 or 27, I think. Um, I had just left my job. I wanted to go back to school to become a nurse. And a week after I put in my... Um, my resignation, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, mm-hmm. and my dad was already a hospice patient at that time. So um, I went ahead and went through with it and left my job. Um, but I was in a new job, and I was in school full-time, and I was taking care of both my parents. I was the only caregiver. My mom had taken care of my dad, but she couldn't anymore. And um, it was really hard. Like, I sort of felt like sometimes God had maybe abandoned me or um, or mm-hmm. something, I was being punished or something. I wasn't really sure. And it wasn't the same as like a depression where I like laid in the bed and didn't get, I wasn't like that, but it was, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I've been depressed before like that, but it wasn't that, but it was just the, like, like God was not with me is what it felt like. And I thought things sometimes get better, but then sometimes they get worse. And then, um, I continued. I always went to daily mass on Tuesday and Thursday. I continued to do that, and that helped. And um, I know that was kind of funny. One time, um, I couldn't go actually from a work schedule. But I almost always went. And a uh, a friend told me that yeah, so and so said we should pray for your dad, and so and so said we should pray for your mom. But then we all just said we need to pray for you. And um, I think it actually helped me to know that everybody else praying for me and just continuing to try to keep as much normalcy in my life as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Eventually, my mom did um, go through all her chemo, and she did have her surgery, and she got kind of a clear bill of health. And then my dad died about probably about six weeks after that happened. Um, Mm -hmm. So 
kind of the caregiving stuff kind of, I mean, I didn't go away because I'm a nurse, but it, right. um, but it was less, um, it was less profound for me. It was a little, it was a little interesting because he actually died about two weeks before lockdown with the pandemic. So, oh. um, it was a very strange time in my life, but, um, but I think just staying, like not getting deeper in despair was just staying with my prayer life, what I had and staying with daily mass and not, mm-hmm. not getting less and less of God, just continuing mm-hmm. rather than doubt and then go away completely is what really I think helped. Right. right. Catherine, couple, couple um, questions I have for you if you're, if you're able to answer them. So you said that you was 27 a couple years ago. So you're around 30. Is that right? I'll be, uh, I'll be 32 next month. Okay, thirty-two, and you. So you 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 finished um, your degree and you became a nurse. And now, did I hear you correctly that both your parents have passed? No, my mom got better. Your she mom got, got better. better. Okay, oh, thank God. She got better, and then um, she got diagnosed in was like summertime, mm-hmm. like June or July, I think June. And then um, she finished her chemo late oh, okay. October. Then okay. she had a double mastectomy early December. And she got a surgical site infection. Okay. But your mom is doing well, thank God. She's doing well now. It's been good. about four years. Mm. Yeah. Good, good. But your dad passed, right? And so but he you know, did. Right. Okay, so Catherine, have you ever thought of this? The interesting thing about your story is that it happened to you very young that you were you were thrust into that caregiving role. However, you were drawn into nursing. Right. So you had God had already put it on your heart that that's something that you were gifted to do. So that's number one. Number two, um, you stayed with the daily mass that you went to. You said, I think you said twice a week. So you still kept doing the practice, the habit of going to connect with the Lord. So you did the right things in the midst of wondering, why is this happening to me? You know, and I think what you, um, uh, communicated to all of us. I think we have all felt when we've gone to those places like, okay, Lord, is this some kind of, are you trying to teach me something? Are you are punishing me? Am I doing something wrong? What's the deal with this? And it's really kind of interesting because I, your thought process, I have, I had myself and I know Jerry did too uh, during, during his times of, of sadness and, and, and loss and darkness. I will tell you though, Catherine, the interesting thing is, do you think it has made you a better nurse? I'm just, curious i think so and my dad he had been sick actually long i mean he was on hospice for two years but he had he was seriously disabled from a stroke and couldn't talk and had seizures and was diabetic so those are all things that he had for like way before his death um but he was bedridden the last two years um Mm -hmm. but so it was when i went to nursing school wasn't like oh suddenly he got sick and was dying he had already been that way but um but that kind of got me into it. I think I'm, as a nurse, like, I think I can understand a little bit more from That's right. what the patient and the family is going through. Because I've, I've had, I've worked with some other nurses that can be great nurses, but they've never been in the hospital where they've never, That's they've, right. as like, as the other side. And it's, sometimes it's hard. They don't, they can't empathize as well. It's not necessarily a fault on their part, but they have a little mm-hmm. less idea mm-hmm. of what it's like. And well, they don't understand how you could be that confused with the wording and things yeah. that medical professionals yeah. talk about. God, 
God was preparing you and equipping you. Jerry's going to gonna, uh, share something because he actually typed over the word empathy as you said it, Catherine. So it was really interesting. It's so true. And it's interesting how when you put the puzzle pieces together, how it's all coming together. But um, I, I want to turn the mic over to Jerry. But Jerry, please ask Catherine for if she feels comfortable. I, put, I brought the prayer book out for her parents. Yeah, well, we, we have the prayer book, uh, Catherine, your first-time caller. I don't know if you've listened before, but Debbie does handwrite names of living and deceased, so I'm sure she has you in the prayer book already. And if you're comfortable giving your parents first names, we'll add them by name. If not, we'll just, God knows who they are, and we'll put them in there uh, anonymously. So it's up to you, Catherine. What do you think? Um, yeah, um, Pat and Charlie. Pat and Charlie, okay. Got it. So yeah, Debbie was right. I, I typed over yeah. the word empathy, Catherine, and... I can I can honestly say I mean I I think if I think I've always been an empathetic person I've tried to be but not, it's a game changer you know when you go through something uh, you know the the darkness the depression nearing despair you come out of that your your view of other people changes completely and you just really totally see people for who they are and that means a lot of people are broken they're wounded you don't know you know you don't see really what's inside a lot of people as we go about our daily lives you know we're driving along the road passing people passing people in a grocery store we don't know what they're going through but when when those opportunities do arise to show empathy and compassion and sympathy and love to other people I think it's elevated to another level once you've been through something like this yourself so I I I concur with what you were saying Catherine I'm glad Debbie asked you that question about Mm -hmm. You know, are you a better nurse? Because I'll bet you really are a fantastic nurse. So I think your patients are so uh, blessed to have you, Catherine. I don't know. You're a first time caller, but Jerry and I have always said this. We, I believe that nurses are going to get a special place in heaven. It was the nurses that have got, I cry every time I think about the beautiful nurses like yourself who have the empathy and compassion to walk with people and really carry them and sustain them when they're at the, when people, when patients are at their most uh, vulnerable times and fragile times of like cancer and things like that, it's tough. And if you meet a nurse like yourself, Catherine, you just feel like, man, I, I'm talking to an angel. So I just want to say, God bless you that you're doing this wonderful ministry work in nursing. Oh, I said thank you. Um, oh. Um, oh, okay. I don't know if I'm out, but yeah. Okay, yeah. you're very welcome. Well, we we just we just value your um, contribution today. Call us anytime. That was beautiful. Yeah. Amen. 833-288-3986, sharing your story of uh, having been in despair. Um, maybe you're in a dark place right now. Maybe God has brought you out of a very difficult uh, situation emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, to where you're just really on top of the world right now. We'd love to hear how that has all transpired with you as well at 833-288-3986. And we have another first-time caller, Gabrielle in Maple Heights, Ohio, listening on The Rock. Hi, Gabrielle. Welcome. Oh, I want to thank you, um, Debbie and, and Jerry. I pray for you guys all the time. I love you so much. And I love you too, Matthew, our wonderful screener. Um, <laughs> I just want to bear witness to our Lord because five years ago, I had experienced something I've never experienced in my life. I've had many dark nights of the soul. I've had every kind of trauma imaginable from being molested as a kid and much sexual trauma as a young adult. And even childhood um, trauma with my family, it was a typical Italian family, lots of love, lots of dysfunction, but I never doubted I was loved. Anyway, um, I want you to pray for my baby sister, too, because she has a malignant um, narcissist personality. I was 
taught this by my Christian counselors. It's been a learning curve for me. And she evicted me um, back in February of this year um, from my own home because she kept me off the title back in, in 2018 when I was sick. And I was very sick. Um, I was actively despairing and um, could see no purpose in my life. Um, I, I had just taken care of both of my parents. You know, I was the power of attorney. I was the everything, you know, all-purpose girl. And in my job, I worked at a, a special needs school. I was the school administrator, um, you know, office manager person. Anyway, um, I wasn't seeing my life through the proper lens because I have advanced heavy metal poisoning and complex PTSD. I need you to pray for me that I will be healed of this. Anyway, um, God was so gracious. Even when I was suicidal, I went to the hospital in August of 18, and then my friends got me a um, outpatient, five-night-a-week outpatient for severe depression. They spent $1,000. Now, I could have taught the classes on CBT because I have so much knowledge and so much training. Anyway, um, I actively tried in that time to kill myself without talking to anybody, not sharing anything. And I am, you know, deeply sorrowful, but God is going to use Every jot and tittle of my life, I'm hoping to have a ministry with people, you know, families who have had people that have committed suicide. You know, I have so many gifts. He's given me so much, so much. I can speak different languages. I mean, on and on. I'm artistic. I can sing. I know I got a bad cold right now, but I just want to bear witness that he preserved my life, even though I tried two times in, in the garage, and I was begging mercy in advance to forgive me that I was doing this with praise his holy name. He didn't let me die. And now I have an indomitable, unshakable faith. I've gone through the fiery furnace. I'm completely madly in love with our Lord. I'm married to him. I call him Yeshua. My license plate says three Yeshua. Mm -hmm. And I am completely consecrated to our blessed mother through 30 days of morning glory. I do it in perpetuity. Anyway, I want you to know, um, Debbie, I am praying for you to be completely healed without a trace without a trace of anything in you but wholeness and wellness and God's, uh, God's merciful, unremitting, unconditional love. I love you both. Well, we love you too very, very much. Thank you so much from speak, for speaking uh, from your heart and telling your story because you probably helped many souls today. You're not going to know it right now, but after you're done uh, with your time here on earth, God will show you. He will show you how many souls you helped uh, sharing your story. But I know Jerry wanted to comment first. I'm, I'm kind of uh, emotional because I have to tell you that I, I hear a very deep heart coming from your words, Gabrielle. And when you have a very deep heart and you feel deeply, you're going to hurt deeply. And so that's always a, um, something that those of us who feel deeply, we have to, we have to deal with. And, and, but I will tell you, I believe you, you can be and will be the most Christ-like because you feel that kind of depth. So I did, that's my, my one little uh, contribution to this, but Jerry, you go right ahead. 
Well, I had a couple of things I wanted to share, Gabrielle. You touched, uh, you know, some things in my heart as well. So if you can hold on just for a moment here, we've got a, a short pause coming up. Ace will take care of that for us. And then uh, Lori in Chicago, we have Diane and Dawn and Rachel and talking about despair, darkness, depression, when we've been through it. Maybe we're in it now. Maybe God has brought us out of it. Gabrielle sharing a very, very beautiful grace-filled story with us. So Gabrielle, hang on just for a minute. And others, if you'd like to join us, 833-288-3986. This is your show. It's Take Two with Jerry and Debbie and you. We're talking with Gabrielle in Maple Heights, Ohio, listening on The Rock, first-time caller. Uh, Gabrielle, I just echo what Debbie said. You're, you've got a beautiful, very deep heart, and it is the fruit of what you've been through. Uh, there's no question about that, as we've talked about already on this episode of the program. But you mentioned something, you know, about purpose, you know, and I think that is so very important. Debbie is a life coach. I'm a life coach. Um, having something to get out of bed for in the morning is so very important. That doesn't guarantee that somebody is not going to still, you know, maybe remain down, remain in a dark place for a while. But, you know, you said you made the, I think, the key point, God will use all of this. You said you're hoping to have a ministry. I typed over to Debbie. I said, I think your ministry may have begun today. You've just inspired a worldwide, a global audience, Gabrielle. I so I hope you really appreciate the magnitude of that. And Definitely. We're, we're very big on encouraging the Take-Two family. If God is nudging you in, at, at all in that direction, just dive in you know, in, into the deep end and just let him build a ministry for you because you've got a story to share that is going to possibly save lives, Gabrielle. I, I, I hope you see it that way. I do. I do, Jerry. And I just want to say that our Lord knew how sick I was and that because of the advanced heavy metal poisoning, it was deeply affecting my brain. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I, 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 I found out that 91% that have this level of toxicity from heavy metal poisoning are suicidal because in those other periods of my life when I had the dark night of the soul, I pondered suicide but never attempted. So our Lord has such grace and such mercy and such love, and I am so deeply aware of that. And I am going to let him use every particle and wave, every jot and tittle of my life for his greatest glory. And I want to help anyone, anywhere, anytime, anywhere, anywhere, anytime. So God bless you both. You're in my prayers, and I love you, and I love your sacred mission. Thank you. We love you too, Gabrielle. Thank mm-hmm. you for being such a beautiful member of the Take Two family. Absolutely. We love the entire Take Two family. And this shows like this, I think, you know, brings out really, Debbie, the love and the, the depth of the meaning of our, our really connection with the Take Two family. I think it's beautiful. I completely agree. You know, uh, Jerry, I, I think it's a beautiful time too to do uh, a shout out to um, a Catholic radio stations sure. around the country that are, that are working really hard to get the gospel message of, of Jesus Christ with clarity and charity on the radio. Radio airwaves, and so congratulations is um, we're going to send it going all the way uh, to Oklahoma Catholic Broadcasting is celebrating 12 years with us now on 12 stations uh, throughout Oklahoma. Um, congratulations to Jeff and everyone at, at Oklahoma Catholic Broadcasting uh, from your friends here at EWTN Radio. Wow, um, amazing! 12 mm-hmm. years. Think how many souls are are being touched by Catholic Radio and back 
back to Gabrielle. Gabrielle called in, if you're still listening, from uh, The Rock. And The Rock is doing some great work in, in Cleveland. And Gabrielle, I would encourage you to reach out to The Rock and give your testimony to them. You know, I think it's important that we share our stories with each other. What do you say to that, Jerry? That's what really compels, what's most compelling about Catholic Radio, I think, is the real-life story. So... Definitely, Gabrielle, do that. Okay, Lori has been holding super patiently in Chicago, a first-time listener. Lori, thank you so much for your patience, and we're happy to bring you on the program. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Sure. I I actually was going to hang up because I thought, I think my story is kind of similar to Gabrielle's, and I don't know if, I don't want to take away from her, her witness. Um, So, but then when I heard you guys had my name up next, I thought, okay, I guess I need to share. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit, Lori, definitely. Yes. Um, so I can trace back. Um, I recently participated in Christ Renews His Parish, and um, I was just going to um, partake and not give, because I've, I've done church twice. I'm 55, and I've done it. I did it once in my 30s. I did it once in my 40s. And this time, it was during a, a, the darkest night of my soul ever. And I really thought, okay, I definitely know I don't want to go on, but I just want to, you know, take take in the weekend. And the Holy Spirit called me so deeply, and I knew I had to move on. So the past year, we were getting ready, and I gave a witness. So... It was interesting to look back on my life and realize that um, I had undiagnosed depression, uh, kind of like a low grade that just, you know, I thought it was just moods or something. I didn't really know. But as I've gone through therapy, I realized that it really did have a name. Um, I wasn't just moody, like my sisters would tell me. Um, And I can trace at least four different times in my life where I had um, suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. And the first was in high school. And I, um, I dealt with it with drugs and alcohol. And like I've said to people before, there are ways to attempt suicide without overtly attempting suicide. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was clearly crying for help. And, um, I had a conversion where I was literally on my knees in a bathroom at a gas station after having woken up from a horrible night um, of drinking and partying and um, stopped at this gas station and I looked in the mirror and it was like God just reached into my soul and I just started crying and I can't describe it any other way except in my 17 year old brain, God reached for me. He, and I see now he was reaching for me so many times. Um, and then when my mom died of breast cancer, when I was 23, I had another dark night. And I mean, that went on for a long, long time. Um, I can remember six months of just total despair, not knowing how I was going to get through the rest of my life without her because she was everything to me. But um, 
I hung on, and I actually came back to church because I had been I had fallen away for a while, um, and then I had struggles with infertility in my thirties, and then um, you know I when my baby girl was born, I had postpartum depression so bad that I um, almost was going to take my life. And God called me into a church in St. Peter's in Chicago, and I just happened to walk in. I was running to the train, and I walked in, and I knelt down in the back, and there was a there was a man who came and sat next to me, and I was I was actually upset because the church was empty. And then I looked and saw it was a priest, and mm-hmm. I felt him praying for me. And that turned my life around, and I went home, and I told my husband, here's these thoughts I've been having. Um, and then the, the fourth time was when um, my daughter had a lot of problems in her high school years. Even I found out she was bullied in first grade. I never knew that till she was 15. She kept a lot from me because I am a deep feeler. I'm a deep thinker. Um, she told me, like, she didn't want to hurt me. Um, but when she had the dark night of her soul in high school, it was terrifying. And then she dealt with it the same way I dealt with mine. And all the interventions that I did to help her, all the therapists, um, behavioral centers, drug treatment, alcohol centers, everything I tried. Um, I really thought we had conquered it, and she was the class of COVID 2020. And when she graduated, we were so proud of her because this brilliant girl who had missed almost 55 days of school because she chose to live with a boyfriend that we didn't even know during COVID. It was terrifying. And yet... um, We just kept praying. I just kept plugging into my faith. And um, even though there were, again, dark nights, and I was starting to have visions of um, taking my own life in my car, hitting a tree, hitting a wall. Um, And, again, I I realized I got to stop. I'm internalizing this. I need to tell someone. I told my husband, he encouraged me to call my old therapist. I called my therapist. Um, and I realized that there was so much frustration for me that I couldn't pull my daughter out of what I struggled with. I thought that sharing my story would help her. And it seemed like she had to live her own struggles. Mm-hmm. And um, so long story short, you know, it was about six months after she graduated high school, and I started um, a Facebook group. I was coaching mothers of adult children with mood disorders, and I was doing so great. I had 20-some women in the group. My daughter was so proud of me. She was doing great. We thought her life had turned around. And then on July 24th, 2021, she completed suicide Mm. and we did not even know she was depressed. Mm. 
because again, she was very private, very secretive, and she she wrote a letter to me, um, and she told me the reason I didn't tell you is because I know you would try to save me, mm-hmm. and so you want to talk about a dark night of the soul. I just thought after everything I've gone through, I thought I was already on my mission that God gave me in life. And then that happened. And it was like, just, I've never known despair like that. And all I can tell you is I felt the prayers around me. I, I've, I've never felt so connected to God in my entire life. Like he just carried me through and I kept reading my devotionals and I, I kept reading books on anger cause I was very angry. You know, here I was trying to help people and why would you let this happen to me? Um, and then I realized, um, that for whatever reason, it's part of my journey. And now I'm even more resolute about helping people. And, you know, it keeps changing um, because now I feel like I I need to help mothers of adults who have completed suicide or maybe just suicides, uh, you know, families who have lost someone to suicide. I don't really know, but I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to listen to where God leads me. Um, And, uh, I'll stop talking now. <laughs> well, Lori, there just aren't a lot of words to say to what all that you shared. I mean, it's an amazing and difficult uh, journey, the road that you have traveled, that God has allowed you to travel. And, you know, we are so super sorry about the, the loss of your daughter. You know, if, you, if you're comfortable before we finish the call with you, we'd love to get her first name. Otherwise, we can just put Lori's daughter in the, in the prayer book. But, um, you know... All of these things, you know, everything happens for a reason. We, we hear that, and sometimes it makes no sense, you know. Uh, God, everything happens for a reason except this. What is the reason? What is the purpose in all of this? And I know my prayer is going to be with you, Lori, that you just continue to see whatever God has planned for you because of, you know, the outcome of all of this is hard and tragic as all of it has been, that, that, he, that you find out what exactly it is that he allowed you to go through all of this for, and you, that you continue to help other people. Please don't stop doing that. I, I hope you have not, you know, stopped assisting others who are going through similar things because you definitely have the heart and the lived experience to be able to walk some people through very, very dark times. Debbie, you want to? I totally agree. I'm very emotional about your story, Lori. I, I think I, I think the whole world is right now that's listening to your story. I mean, if you do feel comfortable giving us your, your daughter's first name, if not, we understand. But Lori, I just wanted to say, you know, the why, why is this happening, Lord? You know, what is the plan? We want to see the plan. And, and, and we're, we're expected to love and to trust and to just keep going. And, and we do that, right? As, as, as faithful, as faithful Christians, because we love the Lord and we want to keep going and we want to trust and we want to be part of the plan and we want to make sense of it all. But let's, I mean, this is not a, a polished response at all, Lori. I'm just speaking from my heart. Okay. It's so messed up sometimes when we think about it, right? Because it doesn't make sense. It's like, Lord, I don't get it. You know, I'm doing this for you. I'm trying to help other people. And then this happens to my daughter, you know, and it's like, wow, what is the plan? Tell us, just reveal it. 
But I think it goes back to, it's so simple. It goes back to what Mother Teresa always said. And I, I just, I've been going back to her words recently. She just kept saying, you got to trust. You have to trust God more than, than what you're going through. You have to know that he has a bigger, a much bigger view and a bigger understanding and a bigger plan for all of us. And I just, I just, keep going back to that because I could just imagine, well, I can't imagine because I don't know exactly what you have been through and what you're going through, but it, it just seems like, wow, if I, if I was God, I would conduct it this way. Well, thank goodness we're not God, right? Because he, he knows better. But I just wanted to say that I can totally relate to this under this kind of this uh, mental grappling of God, why is this happening? And can you just lay out the plan? So I wanted you to have the final comments real quickly. Um, yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I don't, I, I just totally lost what I was going to say, but, um, oh, I was going to say, I feel like I must have a pretty big purpose. Because I feel like evil has tried to thwart me so many times mm-hmm. in my life, and it's yeah. only made me more resolute. Like, right. you must really be afraid of how powerful I can be for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep going. Amen I believe that, that yeah. Because it doesn't make sense otherwise. If you, Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Keep going, Lori. Keep going and, and help a lot of souls. You can do it. And um, we put uh, uh, Lori's uh, daughter's name in the book. So okay. thank you. Okay, um, we're going to go, we're going to try to move quickly, Jerry, yeah, or do you well, want to announce something for our listeners? Well, let me just uh, real quickly, and we'll get back to more of these amazing calls. Uh, renowned Catholic literary scholar Joseph Pierce is part of EWTN's podcast Central. His show is The Authority, introduces you to the men and women behind history's greatest works of literature. And you can hear The Authority with Joseph Pierce, as well as faith filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today and check mm-hmm. them out. If we move very quickly, we'll try to get to everybody like Dawn and Diane and Sean, but let's go to Brittany in Delaware listening on Alexa. Hi, Brittany. Welcome. Hi, Gary, Debbie. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I'm very eager to share my story as my story of desolation is currently happening right now. And when I hear the word desolation, I always know that consolation is to come in the future. Um, So I'm a new mom. God has blessed me with my 14-month-old little boy. And for the longest time, miscarriage had always been a real deep fear of mine. And... I've had to over the last four months, and the yearning and the desire for my little boy to become a big brother to a sibling here on earth is so real. It's so very real, and I know it's something that I was made for, and all women are made to be mothers, whether it's a mother to a child or a spiritual mother. So this season that I'm in has just felt so lonely. And I know that I'm not alone. I've known several, several mothers who have gone through this. But to to say the least, I have just not been able to hear the voice of God. And I really try and encompass my day in prayer. You know, I bring my son to daily Mass 
I go to adoration as much as I can. And when yesterday when I when I was in adoration, the one thing that came to mind is that the Blessed Mother is so very close to moms who have lost a child. And that's speaking to Lori as well. The Blessed Mother knows our heart in and out so much. And I've always had my husband and I, we've always had this dream of, you know, having, you know, seven, eight, nine children who, you know, I stay at home full time and I, and I homeschool them. And to think of how maybe I need to let those dreams go, or maybe they just won't happen in my time. Oh my gosh, I have never been asked from God to surrender my plans so much like I am right now. And I have just learned, and I was just thinking about maybe two or three callers ago, uh, Debbie, you asked you asked um, a woman, you said, has this made you a better nurse? And in my mind, I asked myself, Brittany, has this made you a better mom? And from the depths of my heart, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It has made me a better mom. But the grief is so heavy some days. Um, I'm so blessed that our church has a statue of an angel holding uh, like the womb of a mother, and it's so beautiful. It has um, a quote from Isaiah under it. I can't remember off the top of my mind, but my son and I, we go to the statue probably almost every single day, and you know, we we ask for the intercession of his brother and sister in heaven. And, you know, my son goes up to the statue all the time and says, baby, 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 like he knows, mm. he knows. I just, I feel like he knows, honestly, that he has two angels in heaven interceding for us. But this season of, I truly do feel like it is, a, it is one of my dark nights of the soul as well, because it's so hard to hear God's voice. And it's so hard to just know what is he asking of me right now? And I can assume, oh, yes, he's asking me to love my family bigger and more. And, you know, I'm thinking, I think of more ways to serve my husband while I'm at home. But the yearning and the waiting and the longing, it feels like it's a sword in my heart every single day. And yesterday I came to the point where I told my husband, I said, you know what? I'm done. I feel like I just need to give up and just stop trying to chase doctors and, you know, just like constantly just ask for help, ask for help, ask for help. I just feel like I am truly passing the baton and I am like out of energy almost. I'm like, I have, you know, been on this fight for six months of trying to grow our family. And I just feel like I just need to give it to God. And I am every single day, but it's a renewal every single day of trying to do that. Right. Real quickly, Brittany, you said something and it just triggered um, because I, as I was uh, talking with Lori about this idea, when we experience loss or there's something that's not in our control, we're thinking to the Lord or saying in our mind or the cartoon bubble over our head, Lord, why? This is so wrong. This is so messed up. This shouldn't be this way. We want the plan this way. And it's so true. That's in human nature. But I just wanted to... Words are very powerful. So it's not that you're giving up, you're giving over to the Lord. Give it in, and you're right. It's a constant daily practice of giving it over to the Lord. We should give everything over to the Lord, everything, because it's not ours. And we're going to experience loss and things are going to be totally wrong and feel wrong and be uh, messed up in ways that we're like, no, that's not how I would do it. And I want it this way. It should go this way. We're, we're the perfect family. We want 
kids. We, you know, there's so many reasons why things should go a certain way. And yet the Lord allows us to experience it in a different way. Why? We have no idea. Let's face it. We're, none of us are really going to know until we get to the other side and, and God reveals the whole uh, tapestry to us. But I will tell you, Brittany, I think you're on a beautiful path of practicing every single day and staying very close to our lady and our Lord. And um, I just believe when we do that, we're safe. We're safe and we're in good hands. What do you say to that, Jerry? Yeah, Brittany, I just uh, really feel, you know, uh, the pain that you were going through right now. But uh, the thing that you that caught me, what you said a couple times, you know, I just can't hear God's voice right now. And you know what? Just let him speak to you through other people then. Uh, you know, you spend that time in adoration, like you said, and go to daily mass. And, you know, you've listened to some, you've referenced at least one other call on this show today. God definitely will speak with you. Sometimes it'll be, it'll be silently. It'll be wordless speech, but just let him continue. I don't say, I don't, I don't want to say start wrapping his loving arms around you. Continue keeping his loving arms around you because exactly. he definitely has those. He has you in his, his arms. And of course, our blessed mother, you mentioned her as well. So you're doing all the right things, Brittany, it sounds like. And, uh, Debbie, I know the Take Two family is already lifting her up and all, all of those who have called the program today. Yeah. And going back to the movie that we referenced, What About Bob? It, it is this baby steps, this daily struggle of trying to get through what we're, what we're dealing with in this world. It's, it's, it's tough, you guys. That's why we got to be gentle with each other and we've got to lift each other up. And, and that's what we're trying to do here on Take Two. And, and we hope it's, it's, it's bearing great fruit and we hope the Lord is pleased. Right, Jer? Yeah. Um, you know what we're coming up against in about 20 seconds? We're going to hear the closing music of the show. Sean in Bakersfield and Dawn in Northwest Ohio, um, we would love to uh, have your calls on the program now, a week from Friday. No, that's about nine days from now, but we have our next unscripted show. It'll be our last live show of 2023. So, Sean and Dawn, if you're able to call that day, we'll have Matt Kabensky put you right at the front of the line. We'll get your calls on the air. I just wish we had... These are the kinds of shows, Debbie, I wish we had many hours to do. Right, right. and I was just going to say to Sean, Sean, I, I know you have a, a situation that you're dealing with. If it becomes overwhelming or if you need somebody to talk to, please email us. We will. I will call you back, Sean. I will call you back. Take two at EWTN.com. Okay, Jer. Well, we're going to shift gears considerably tomorrow. We're going to talk about interior joy. Where does it come from? We want to have joy this time of year and all year round. So where does interior joy come from? That's our topic tomorrow. Thanks to Matt, Ace, Jeff, the show team. Thank you, affiliates, for carrying the program. Until tomorrow, have a beautiful and blessed day. St. Joseph, please pray for all of us. <laughs>